What is happening guys? Welcome to episode 24 of the Triage Method podcast. How are you this week, Paddy? As per usual, Gary, I am fantastic. Oh, you didn't say fantastic. Fuck. Fuck. Stupendous yeah, no, a level above or below. Oh, it's nearly the highest you can be. You know, okay. the sun is out. We've got a lot of work done today. College ended this week, so I have a week off now. Then we have exams, but I've pretty much passed everything already, so not too worried about that. Like, yeah, obviously I want to do well in my exams, but at the moment I'm like, like I've already passed. It's not going to be too hard to secure that A1. You know yourself, Gary. Yeah, boy. Too easy, as they say. <clears throat> For easy, perhaps. <laughs> but yeah, so this week we're going to be talking a little bit about dieting and specifically more aggressive like i'm going to use that word and when we say aggressive we essentially just mean faster dieting you know <laughs> so we're talking about aggressive dieting purely because we've been getting a lot of questions i guess about how to set up your diet how fast you can diet and things like that ahead of the summer but also because for the last four it'll be five weeks next week for the last four weeks i've been dieting somewhat aggressively myself and because of that i've been getting a lot of questions on the old social media um because i think you know one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that you know as people who are have voices in the industry there are some things that maybe we do or we might do with some of our clients that may not be appropriate for everyone at all times so what we want to use this podcast for is to put some context on how to set up an aggressive diet but also how or who rather should and who shouldn't maybe be thinking about taking that approach so patty in your experience have you used more aggressive approaches with yourself or with clients and if so like who would you kind of be thinking in general that this is or isn't appropriate for before we get into this there's actually a more pressing question we need to address right and that question is the same question you asked on your social media earlier on today because you asked it on social media but that doesn't mean they're the same people that listen to our podcast you know so yeah it should be the people that listen to the podcast that get to decide you know so gary what is the question Okay, I'm going to ask the question, but we have to keep in mind as well that people probably aren't going to respond. But if you do take the time yeah, to respond, that would, be, that would be really helpful. But basically, what we are considering doing, and we're going back and forth on it, so we're not quite sure, is starting to do some audio, essentially export audio from our more informative videos on YouTube. So essentially, any video that's maybe like, more than 10 minutes that is actually explaining something obviously not like a vlog or something like that because that makes no sense so something that is explain is explaining a certain topic export the audio and essentially just have it available on the podcast so that anyone that is commuting or doesn't have time to sit down in front of youtube and actually commit to watching the video is able to access it while you know you actually commute but we are also mindful that it could also make for maybe a poor experience for you, the listener, in that you don't get it's it's not the same like every time we come on, you you know, you expect a discussion between me and Patty, whereas this might just be Patty talking about a topic for ten minutes or me talking about a topic for ten minutes. So just let us know if you think that would be something that would be helpful on the podcast, or if you feel it would be something that would actually reduce the quality and that you wouldn't actually listen to it and you would rather it just be on youtube so you guys get to kind of lead that decision and it would be helpful if you have any feedback yeah and you can just email us or comment on any of our social media even our personal accounts send us a dm if you don't want to do it publicly whatever it is just get in contact put your feedback in and i don't know if you're listening to this in like a year's time sorry it's too late <laughs> um, but yeah so aggressive dieting the question was, have I used this with any clients or do we have kind of any experience with this? And me personally, um, no, I actually haven't used more aggressive dieting protocols with clients. However, there have been shorter periods of time with a slightly more aggressive caloric deficit. You know, that might be, I don't know, two weeks before an event or something, we might drop the calories a little bit lower than perhaps would be, I'm going to say optimal. Well, we, I, I, we've talked about what optimal 
that's in air quotes there, is in terms of a rate of loss and, you know, a rate of gain and stuff. And like we've articles on it on site in the militia and stuff. But we'll say like the maximum you want to be losing after you've obviously become accustomed to the diet is less than 1% of your body weight per week, right? So we'll just take that as the quote unquote optimal, you know, if everything stars align, you're being somewhat aggressive, but you're trying to at least minimize your any downsides to it any, any downsides to the diet so we'll say one percent is the top end there but we'll say 0.5 percent is the bottom end right and there have been periods of time with some clients where you know maybe we have an event coming up and i'm not even talking about like a photo shoot or anything like that because i think you should be ready ahead of time for those kind of things or you should be at least like i, I actually like to feed people into those kind of events so they're looking their fullest they're looking like their muscles are full and they actually have energy and all that kind of stuff and um, but obviously you have to have a longer term approach for that and we've discussed that before but there are certain events like say for example someone has a i don't know well, i'm going to say wedding i always say wedding but an event that you know they, they don't actually need to look lean for like they don't need to look like muscularly they don't need to be vascular they don't need to be whatever but they want to feel really comfortable in a dress say you know or maybe there is i don't know a a holiday coming up and they're like look i wouldn't mind just dropping a little bit of water dropping a little bit more weight and being able to be more confident on the beach or whatever it is you know so there have been periods of time where maybe for two weeks maybe even three weeks calories would go down a little bit lower then again we would think would be optimal and fat loss like i would i I genuinely wouldn't like to be seeing people losing like more than 1.5 percent of their body weight like if it's getting into that kind of territory i'm like even if it is for a short period of time like that two to three week kind of window and obviously we're not talking about like the initial drop in weight and you get when you begin a diet but if it is like two to three weeks and you're kind of like oh we're approaching two percent of a body weight drop then i'd be kind of like okay we're actually getting way too aggressive and some of the negative things that i'm sure we're going to discuss now in a while will start to happen but the main thing i would be concerned about just in that kind of time frame without the psychological stuff or anything is you know we're just essentially burning into muscle when there's literally no need because obviously if you're physique orientated like you want to look a certain way you want to have a certain physique it's a look that you're looking for it's not a weight that you're looking for you know and so like obviously if we're burning into muscle the look starts to fade as well so obviously that's not what we want to do also the other case of people that i have done this with before is weight class athletes you know and although we're going to be talking i presume primarily about aggressive dieting protocols in terms of actually looking to lose fat like i have done some more aggressive protocols that are looking to you know yeah lose some fat obviously that would be great but like manipulate kind of weight in terms of you know a water cut and that kind of stuff but although it's somewhat similar you know you might have like i don't know a fighter that's you know five weeks out and they're i don't know six kilos over their weight class or something you know you're probably going to have to be a bit more aggressive with their dieting then and then do a weight cut and hopefully you know rehydrate and you know, carb up and et cetera for that. But I don't think that actually applies to the conversation we're going to have now. So the first one, yeah, that's, that, that'd be the only kind of instance I would have used a, a more aggressive diet for, for any of my clients. However, there are definitely times and places to bring it in. Cue you guys. Yeah, so I'm just going to go through my own kind of anecdotal experience, exactly how I set it up and what the, I suppose, the results have been over the past four weeks. Wait, because before, before, I think before that's you prob- go into that, just give us a background in terms of what was the lead up. So give us the background. You don't have to go all the way back to the last time you dieted, but you've been in a kind of caloric surplus for a while. Did you go back to maintenance did you just automatically drop into this cut like give us a kind of a prelude before you start getting into your actual experience like and then i suppose why did you oh yeah why did you more aggressively diet yeah yeah exactly so i think in terms of where i kind of went with the trajectory over the past few months before that i guess was something more like i was in that surplus 
up until probably, you know, eight weeks ago, I was probably in a surplus. And then I was in a more kind of maintenance, eating around maintenance, which for me was somewhere around that kind of 3,200 calorie mark. So I was just kind of eating around there, maintaining my body weight, and then five weeks ahead of my actual holiday so that was four weeks ago then i was i decided all right may i'm go i'm gonna just tidy things up a little bit ahead of going away and obviously in five weeks it really depends on i guess how far you are away from your sort of goal shape which obviously determines how aggressively you have to diet so with five weeks i was kind of looking at all right i, w- I would like to be kind of roughly around maybe 76 to 77 kilos i was sitting at 82 to 82 and a half at the start so i was like all right that's achievable but i'm gonna have to go to kind of the upper end of what i would consider to be appropriate for dieting which is actually perfectly in line with what you said and that it was around that 1.5 percent body weight per week range so that's that was that was pretty much my thought process coming into it um so it wasn't just a case of me you know just being in a surplus and being in a surplus and being in a surplus and then dropping right down out of nowhere into eating absolutely nothing like i had been at maintenance for a while which i do think is kind of a good idea before you do transition into a deficit especially if it is more aggressive because of the massive difference to your food habits and stuff like that that you're going to have to essentially make happen um but yeah so where i went from was around that 3200 calorie mark to consuming like 2100 2150 on average so that was more like 1900 throughout the week and then basically i was just eating maintenance at the weekend which is around that 3000 to 3200 so i did that for the first kind of three weekends in those four weeks because that for me kind of suits me best because i'm essentially busy every hour of the day during the week and then on the weekends, I tend to have some of my harder training sessions because I'm home and I have more time. And, you know, there's a lot more food available in my house and stuff like that at home in Killarney. So it actually just suits me much better. And because I generally spend time with my girlfriend, go for food, that sort of stuff. So that kind of made sense for me. So the overall average caloric intake was around 2150. So I was in, let's say, in and around a thousand calorie deficit for the past four weeks. The results being that I dropped uh, 4.8 kilos, which is actually 1.5% per week, like on the button pretty much to the decimal point. So it was it was pretty perfect in that sense. And even at that, like, you know, consuming 1,900 calories a day for me and maintenance at the weekend and like 2,150 overall, that to me is like ridiculously aggressive compared to what I would actually be used to. Because I know there are some people listening to this that are probably like, oh, that that's not that low, but like, for me, it actually is like quite low because my activity is quite high, and I generally have a pretty high maintenance around that thirty-two hundred mark. Um, for, for, for so it is. It is quite. What did you diet on last year? Yeah, so last year my average throughout the dieting phase was closer to twenty-eight hundred. So it was kind of in and around between twenty-six hundred and three thousand, depending on the stage of the diet. But I finished my diet on three thousand calories because. I kind of like to do that over a longer period of time where you actually, like you said, bring calories up towards the end of the diet as opposed to finishing really low. Um, so yeah, that, that gives you kind of some, some context as to what was going on. So we're talking about a pretty low calorie diet in a roughly 35% calorie deficit or so, which would be beyond the general recommendation that we would make, I suppose, which would be kind of 10 to 20%, you know, as, as a, a very rough, moderate recommendation. Um, so it was more aggressive in that sense. Um, so 4.8 kilos to lose in four weeks, like that's a lot. And that is the 1.5% range. And to be honest, I couldn't imagine going up to that 2% range and not feeling like I was a, like, not feeling like I was just being shit in my day to day life, essentially, you know, uh, because that, that kind of 1.5% range for me and that calorie intake, I feel that's as low as I could go over a period of time and still maintain my performance while on placement and with triage because what you have to remember is that i'm also putting in about 80 hours of work a week and like you have to be at a point where you're still actually fueling yourself to do that and that you're able to get to sleep and stuff um so that's that's a rough overview but also just to mention on the training side of things as well i personally feel it's far more important to moderate your training volume during an aggressive dieting phase than it would be over a longer period of time because I think what a lot of people try to do is 
they go into this really deep calorie deficit, but they also make it much worse by adding in loads of cardiovascular exercise and adding in loads of more weight training. Whereas for me, it was actually the opposite. So when I started this diet, it was like, right, I want to do it an amount of volume that I know I can kind of maintain my strength and maintain my muscle on, but no more than that. And now for me was not the time to be pushing my cardiovascular, you know, training as hard as possible either, because if you've got low energy availability, then where do you expect to actually get the energy to adapt to all this training from? Like it's not coming from anywhere. So for me, it was like, all right, how can I get my energy output to a satisfactory level without the fatigue? And that is true through tracking steps and keeping those high. And then how can I maintain my muscle mass? And that is a three day per week training split for me that covers all of my major muscle groups while keeping in context that, oh, I'm actually trying to maintain my strength and gain strength. Like the goal is not just to do silly amounts of volume. So that's an overview of the whole, the whole thing, but we can, we can break it down a bit more afterwards. Yeah. So I suppose for the listeners, we should compare your diet beforehand in terms of the diet you did last year. So again, given that context, last year you did a, a longer diet and you got to your leanest you've ever been. Is that correct? All right. So you did your longest diet. Yeah. You did it over a longer period of time. I think we were dieting for, I don't know, maybe 20 weeks or something, something like that. I mean, you had some diet breaks. What was it? 26. You had like four, four weeks or so of a diet break. 26 well, not weeks. Altogether, but in terms of you I- went away and you were eating roughly around maintenance for those 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 periods yeah. so we'll say whatever that combined total of 22 weeks of active dieting um versus the five weeks that you're doing now so gi- give a blow-by-blow comparison in terms of i suppose the rank it in terms of your training your physique your actual nutrition not i don't mean like give the the macros and stuff that you were on i mean in terms of what did you did you enjoy your diet the last time versus did you not enjoy the diet this time that kind of stuff and then also the psychology because that kind of brings us on to the next point after that which is what do you do after this yeah so in terms of training like like ma- massive difference in in between like last year and this year because last year like we like we obviously trained together for a while and we were we were training like six days a week and we were doing quite a bit of volume and you know my calories were obviously much higher i was i was in a very small deficit and with that i was able to recover pretty well from that training and i always felt like i had a lot of energy in the gym like i even remember at the end of the diet last time where i was on that 3000 3000 calories and i remember saying to you god i feel like i could just handle infinite amounts of volume like my recovery was so good whereas right now like my three days a week like i wouldn't like if i trained one day and i trained really hard I wouldn't feel like training the next. Like I, I would feel it. I would just feel it that bit more because you just don't have the energy available to keep on hammering yourself into the ground at the gym. Like it's just not there. I think a lot of people force that. Um, so training, yeah, definitely a big difference. Like, and that's that's something we'll get to is that like if you are a performance based athlete, you probably shouldn't be aggressively dieting. You know, that just doesn't make a whole pile of sense. Um, in terms of the actual, the next question was nutrition itself. Well, your physique, I suppose. Like yeah. in terms of the difference. Oh yeah, my physique. Yeah, I think this is something that a lot of people would struggle with more than I did, purely because I suppose like I don't focus on my physique that much from day to day because partially because it doesn't bother me that much, but partially because I'm I'm too busy as well. But when like last time, well, like when you're dieting very slowly, you've still got like a lot of carbohydrates, a lot of calories overall in your diet, you know. So you're still going to the gym and you're getting you're getting good pumps, and your physique probably feels like pretty full throughout your diet and you know you've got your veins and stuff going on whereas when you're in a very aggressive diet you've got like by default you were on a low carb diet by default you were on a low fat diet like it's not one or the other it's like your calories are so low that it's kind of low relative to what your normal is anyway so for me being on on that little food over that period of time like pumps in the gym yeah they were all right but you know that feeling of having a full physique throughout the day and when you when you take your progress pictures like looking full it's like no it it's not it's not quite the same like you're definitely more flat and you just don't feel like you have the same physique so wouldn't have that same kind of full feeling that that i would have had last year so even at the same level of leanness you don't actually get to appreciate the same physique that you've built because you are essentially standing there in a large energy deficit anyway um so that would be the physique side of things um but 
then in terms of the actual nutrition yeah like nutrition is something that it, it's you have to be really on point with your nutritional habits to set up an aggressive diet like for sure because what you have to realize is that by virtue of being in a calorie deficit as it is you are at risk of more nutrient deficiencies and they might just be very low level subclinical deficiencies that have pretty covert symptoms but at the same time there it's still possible like it's still very much possible that you are developing those deficiencies even on a regular diet so if you're on a very low calorie diet you know this more aggressive diet where you have a thousand below your maintenance then obviously it is far more difficult for you to get insufficient micronutrients so you do have to be that bit smarter about eating a nutrient-dense diet and you know not bringing in those poor nutritional habits of having you know an overly kind of IAFOM style approach so for me it was about kind of choosing the foods that I knew were going to give me a good bang for my buck in terms of nutrient density, but also in terms of actual satiety, because it's fine to fill your diet with foods that aren't very filling when you're on higher calories, because it's like, ah, you've got enough calories to keep you full anyway. But when you're already on very low calories, you have to be that bit more mindful of the foods that are most satiating for you, because otherwise you're just pretty much starving all day long. Um, and, 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 you know, that kind of moves into the psychology as well. Like, I, you, you have to be pretty mentally tough to endure an aggressive diet. And I would consider myself to have someone that has a, a decent degree of ah. me mental toughness with respect to this stuff. So for me, it wasn't that much of a big deal to set up an aggressive diet and just go through it because I'm just like, oh, it's fine. You know, if I'm hungry, it's not a big deal. I can just get over it and just get on with my life. Like, like no big deal. But I know a lot of people aren't like that. So like, if you are someone that does have any bit of a poor relationship with food or you struggle with dietary adherence, like aggressive dieting is not for you. And to be honest, like even dieting like moderately for some people who have very poor relationship with food, relationship with food can be just a pretty poor idea because you have to actually get your shit together. You have to develop the basic nutritional habits that are prerequisites for you to be dieting you know because it all it ultimately makes the whole process much much more difficult especially if you're in a more aggressive diet because the more aggressively you diet and the more of a calorie deficit you're in the more you have to deal with all of the psychological repercussions of dieting you know your desire for certain foods the fact that you're hungry all the time the fact that you it's so easy to justify extra food because you actually do have low energy levels all the time etc cetera, etc cetera, okay and and you know in terms of my own energy levels and they weren't they were they weren't they haven't been particularly bad you know in terms of like i'm able to keep going and everything but at the same time you definitely do notice that you just don't have that extra bit of vigor like you notice that you're a little bit a little bit colder at times maybe you're not sweating quite as much and you do notice the adaptations coming on and that is why it's so important to if you are dieting more aggressively it has to be for a short period of time because you are kind of like the whole goal is essentially to basically run yourself into a very deep calorie deficit very fast and with that comes those metabolic adaptations. So you're essentially doing it pretty much on purpose. Like it's, it's just going to happen and you're kind of accepting that it's going to happen. So they all have to be kept in mind. And you also mentioned with respect to the psychology of where you actually go after here. And this again is, is one of the reasons I would not recommend aggressive dieting to a lot of people because a lot of people finish dieting and they don't know where to go. You know, they're, they're, they're going to just finish the diet. The goal is gone. And essentially, they just start binging, you know, and I'm going away for four weeks. So if I felt that I didn't have a good relationship with food and that I wasn't, you know, the dietary adherence wasn't somewhat easy for me, then it would be a pretty idea for me, a pretty bad idea for me to have approached this in the way that I did, because I'd be likely to go away and just start binging because I just have this residual hunger that's left over from the diet but also you know you've got that feeling of freedom as you go away on holidays so you know that's that's the overview for me and patty if you have any further questions that you think would be helpful for people mm -hmm. just ask no i honey. think that like that does actually cover a lot because you did give a quite a good rundown in terms of the the like for like comparison in, in the two dieting strategies you know um i think for the average person Right, not to say you're not the average person, because let's be honest, Gary, you are distinctly average. Um, I'm so average. No, I think for the average person, before we get on to what we do after the diet, right, we actually need to dive in a little bit deeper in terms of what we mean by aggressively dieting. I know we said, you know, if it's, if you're losing more than 1.5 percent of your body weight per week, you know, so well, let's break that down in terms of what 
Like how aggressive are you talking in terms of the deficit you went on? I know we just covered it there a second ago, right? But in terms of like the actual diet, what is aggressive dieting? How, how I suppose has that changed your thoughts on dieting in terms of now that you've done that? Because I don't think you've, you've dieted this aggressively before. I know you did uh, a, a, a bad diet, we'll say, before we went on, you went on holidays one time and then binged on your holidays, which again, we're going to discuss psychology of the after diet in a second. But in terms of that, um, this is the first aggressive diet you've been on. Has this changed your view of dieting in and of itself in terms of, I don't know, who, who, who do you think this kind of diet would be appropriate for, you know? And then also who do... Who do you think this kind of diet would be wholly inappropriate for? Like you would just be like, no, don't ever go near this. Because I think for a lot of people, they're going to automatically assume that they fall into the same category as you. You know, they're going to automatically presume that, oh yeah, like I can handle this. I have, like I said earlier on, it was like, oh, there's an event and I might aggressively diet someone to get to that event, you know? Um, but who, who do you think, I suppose, actually, what framework does someone need to have in place before they should even consider aggressively dieting, you know? Because we haven't actually gone and touched that argument that you already have all of these good habits set up. You already have yeah. your diet pretty much on track. And you even just said there, you're like, you can generally pretty much handle, you know, the, 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 the discipline, I suppose, you know, of actually sticking to the diet, sticking to your calories, macros, whatever. You know, you, you already have that nailed down. Like, that's just a no factor for you you know so i suppose who who is this for who is it not for and what is the kind of groundwork that has to be in place to actually have this be an effective diet but before you get on to that then how has this changed your thoughts on dieting as a whole yeah so i suppose to kind of give people some rough numbers as to what we're looking at in terms of like what what is aggressive you i i think anything above Above, I suppose, 25 to 40% of a calorie deficit is probably what you're looking at here in terms of the general range of what a more aggressive dieting dieting would be. So let's just use that 30% range. So that's if your maintenance is, let's say, 3,000 calories, then that you're looking at you know consuming 2,100. So you're in a 900-calorie deficit. Or if you're a female maybe who maintains at 2,000, then a 30% deficit for you would be a 600-calorie deficit. So you're looking at eating 1,400 calories. So they're the type of you know, that, that's what we essentially mean when we say aggressive. And I think a lot of people actually put themselves in aggressive diets without realizing it. And that leads to its own set of problems, which we'll talk about. Um, but in turn, so your first question was, who is it for and who isn't it for, right? Well, actually, before you yeah. get on to that, so in terms of what, who is what it for, like you already had in place. Yeah. So like what, what people have to realize is that I'm 23 now. Okay. And I started getting into the whole healthy eating thing you know, improving my diet and stuff when I was 17, you know, 17 year old Gary, 18 year old Gary, 19 year old Gary, I'd say even 20 year old Gary wouldn't have been able, like wouldn't be an appropriate candidate, I would say for this type of dieting, because I I hadn't earned the rights. I wasn't in that position. So you have to realize that this is someone like me who has been doing this stuff for years to get to this point where this is actually an appropriate strategy to just implement on the fly. And it's no big deal. So what you have to realize is that for me, it's not a big deal to get up in the morning and prepare my meals. Like that, that, that's a no-brainer. That's not a big deal. Meal prep is a no-brainer. Making smart food choices, eating like ridiculous amounts of vegetables, keeping my diet primarily to nutrient-dense whole foods, like that's not a big deal for me. Like I don't walk into shops and get tempted to buy chocolate or crisps or I don't go into McDonald's and get tempted to buy stuff or, or get takeaways and stuff. It's like that's not a thing. Like that's no longer a thing for me. And that takes years to get there. And I think people often don't realize that is it actually does take a long time to get to that point. So that's kind of what I had in place already. So I'm very much like you could almost say robotic when it comes to nutrition and that when I think of my diet, like I am very purposeful, like in that I'm, I'm eating this because it's going to take me towards this end goal. It's all pretty objective. And it's like, you know, all of these things they contribute to my health in this way. That's why I'm consuming them, blah, blah, blah. So I think you kind of have to be that person. You have to be that person who has at least, I would say, 
three years of experience with managing your nutrition and that's just completely arbitrary like you might you might mm. have a shit in place like on the first year but that's an arbitrary kind of kind of thing that you need to have all your stuff in place like if you're binging every weekend or you have poor dietary adherence in general or you find yourself filling all your calories at pop tarts not for you I, I wouldn't be implementing it with you um so who is it for it's for that person like you patty or like me or like anyone who has been doing this stuff for years, who is very competent with tracking their nutrition, with knowing what's in their food, with making proper food choices, with preparing their meals, with making good decisions when they eat eat out, um, with not sat- just satisfying emotional cues with food, all of that sort of stuff. So you have to be at that point first, because otherwise what you end up doing, let's say you are that person who has poor adherence and you binge more, then what you essentially do is take all those triggers that normally cause you to go off track and double them in their magnitude and now put yourself in a position where it is virtually impossible for you to really get through this process. Okay, so if you're someone who is just getting into nutrition, you're just getting into managing your nutrition, you've just started dieting, or you know, you've had a poor, you have a poor relationship with food and that you binge regularly, you've got poor adherence, or maybe you are going through a lot of emotional trauma in your own life and life is really stressful at the moment and you don't know how to handle it, then this probably isn't for you. And it's also not for the person who's trying to maximize muscle mass or maximize performance in any sort of way, because obviously you need energy available to be able to do those things. So that's kind of an overview of who it is for and who it isn't for. Um, and you'll probably, you'll probably agree, Patty. Like I, I've used it with some clients in the past and that was one of the motivating factors as well for me to just kind of do this sort of diet because I think I would be inherently biased like towards a more gradual approach to dieting, a slower approach. And I think triage in general, like both of us would probably be of that sort of bias with respect to our clients as well. Um, but again, that, that just comes with its own context. It's like, we're not just saying that aggressive dieting doesn't have a place. It's just that you need to actually put context on it. And again, that's why we're doing this podcast. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Like, like you said, you have to earn the right to aggressively diet. And that kind of sounds really, I don't know, fucking, oh, we're, we've earned it. Ooh, you know, we're all high and mighty or whatever, but like you have to have all these good things in place before you can even think about going on an aggressive diet because what what people will do and what people do is they start off an aggressive diet and then they fail on that diet and then they think dieting is bad they think that dieting just doesn't work for them and it's like no 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 you set the diet up incorrectly because you haven't earned the right to diet aggressively and this is not to say that everyone will be in that category like you know people like you you may even be someone that has gone on an aggressive diet they've been in this 40 percent calorie deficit like a really aggressive diet and they've got results and there was no issue you know they were able to sustain it they had the discipline or whatever you want to call it they earned it they they were able to sustain it you know so it's like we're not saying that you're not able to do this what we're saying is it's likely not the most optimal way to set things up if you are actually looking to progress long term because as we'll, we'll touch on in a second there are some ramifications for someone who goes on a more aggressive diet in terms of <coughs> after the fact you know and actually even during the fact like the the likelihood that you will binge on a more aggressive diet does increase like it is literally linearly correlated like if you're if your calories go really low your likelihood of binging increases you know and and this is one of those things where you'll see people just consistently binge every single weekend like gary did on his five-week aggressive diet (laughs) no i'm I'm joking like um but you will see this where people are just like binge eating on these aggressive diets and then it's the diet's fault they, and that's the whole the whole issue and it's like no you just you shouldn't have been as aggressive with your dieting protocol like if you had been less aggressive your calories would have evened out with all these binge eating well they wouldn't have evened out if they're gaining weight because that's what you see some people do and um, but if they, they are losing weight it's like you could have just not had these binge episodes had good relations or good, had a good relationship with food and not run into any of these issues if you had not been on an aggressive diet you know so for the majority like the vast vast majority of people aggressive dieting is not for them you know like i i fully believe that having a longer period of time where you can diet slowly and nail down good food practices like actually have a healthy relationship with food understand how to actually nourish your body how to actually enjoy your food and still get results leads to far greater outcomes long term you know 
like you you could do you could do the aggressive diet you could do what all, all of that kind of stuff but generally you just see a pattern of yo-yo dieting as a result of that which is which is fine especially if it's like oh well i actually only really care about being lean for one week of a year it's like yeah okay cool if that's if that's your stick and that's what you want to do like who am i to judge you you know and, and otherwise you're otherwise healthy like cool like i don't care you know but if you are like most people struggling to you know lose some weight or keep the weight off like being more aggressive with your dieting protocols it, it just doesn't lead to the best long-term outcomes whereas a slower diet generally does lead to to better outcomes and gary you said something the other day on the uh the instagram live with siobhan um in terms of her her diet and like well not her diet actually your discussion between the dieting and then the, the diet that people try to go on which would be an aggressive diet and then they end up binging you know and you, you said something really insightful i really liked it gary so i'll let you say it again yeah so essentially what i was saying is that you know people who go on these aggressive diets and then kind of binge every now and then they deal with all of the psychological repercussions of aggressive dieting, but get zero of the psychological rewards. And what I mean by that is that someone who goes on this aggressive diet, let's say from Monday to Friday, and then because of that, they then kind of binge at the weekend and end up either evening out their calories or even in a, in a calorie surplus. What that person does is they put in all of the effort to prep their food. They put in all of the effort to maybe avoid certain social occasions, to abstain, you know, from consuming their favorite foods, dealing with the hunger, you know, dealing with the stress of dieting. Like they might've even had poor sleep. They might've had more arguments with their partner because they were, they were narky, you know, they were hangry, whatever it is. And you essentially do that from Monday to Friday. And then on, on Saturday and Sunday, you binge on all of these foods but you don't even get the reward from that because all you do is you get the acute, acute pleasure of eating the foods, but 10 minutes after it, you feel like shit. And then co- it comes around to Monday when you weigh yourself and you want to see the progress you've made, you've made none. So now your indulgence at the weekend that should be something pleasurable ended up being something even more harmful than the psych- psychological repercussions of the dieting in the first place. Whereas someone that invests the psychological effort that is required for dieting in the first place. Like, don't get me wrong. Like dieting is, it is low, low key psychological warfare in a sense, you know, it is controlled starvation, you know? So you, there is a, there is for everyone, including me and Patty, a deal of, you know, restraint, you know? So there is a deal of you having to be like, all right, I can't eat all of the foods that I want to eat. Like I'm sure Patty would love to have ribs for every meal yes. every day, but you know, <laughs> And, and salty chips, but he's not, he's not going to do it. So there is that sort of restraint that needs to be there. But when you do that and you actually get results, then you're able to turn around and be like, oh, you know, I'm actually kind of proud of myself. You know, I actually got these results and look at the positive outcomes that I've gotten, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's a positive feedback loop in terms of motivation. So you're actually more motivated to them be here and going forward. Whereas if you haven't gotten any results, it's, it's, you don't even get that positive feedback loop. So motivation is far more difficult and you're, you just feel like shit because you're putting in all the effort and you're getting nothing in return because of these small little slip ups. So that is something you, you do have to be mindful of. And at the same time, you know, I don't want to make myself out to be perfect because not at all. Like, you know, it's not like I was consuming the 1900 calories every day. Like what I did was deliberately go on the 1900 calories from Monday to Friday because I know, like, I know that there's a, that I have more of a desire to eat you know eat eat a meal with my family or eat a meal with you know Laura or something like that on the on the weekend I know I know that those occasions are going to be there like you know went for lunch today with my family and my grandfather and like and I know those things are going to be there at the weekend so it rather than torturing myself and trying to consume like the same 1900 calories at the weekend I just account for it and say okay I eat maintenance on Saturday and Sunday and as a result I can enjoy my life and actually get psychological benefits from those periods of quote-unquote overfeeding even though they're not really overfeeding and then still get the psychological benefits of making progress you know because i actually set things up properly so this is why it is important to be objective too like i think a lot of people if they do have binges or they do have higher calorie days and stuff what they'll do is they won't track them at all and i actually think one of the most valuable tools if you do go off track is just just track everything anyway you know at least you can then tell your say to yourself oh i actually did eat four thousand calories now I know how everything looks across the week and I know how that negatively affected me. So I need to not do that again because that was really bad as opposed to, 
you know, eating 6,000 calories because you didn't track it and it doesn't count if it doesn't go on my fitness of course, pal, of course. obviously. Um, yeah, so to kind of wrap that up, aggressive dieting for probably no one. Um, um, no, but like aggressive dieting, definitely not for your general population in terms of you're just looking to lean out, you know. So think of it, the more aggressive your diet, the shorter the time frame you are going to diet for. You know, so they are inversely proportional. So if you're going to diet slower, obviously your diet is going to be longer. If you're going to diet more aggressively, obviously your diet is going to be shorter. But what people try to do is diet aggressively for longer, you know, and they they, they will try to be in this huge calorie deficit and be like, yeah, look, I've, I've X many weeks, I've 12 weeks to get shredded. And um, so I'm just going to be really, really aggressive with my dieting. It's like, yeah, no, this just doesn't like work you're just going to increase your likelihood of binging and yeah cool you might uh you might have a lot of weight to lose but like realistically you should have thought about that two years ago rather than thinking of the 12 weeks out you know so while it is great to have the motivation it is great to have whatever the the ability <clears throat> to lose weight you still have to be realistic in terms of the time frame you're dealing with and if you are going to be more aggressive with your your, your calories you do have to realize that that is for a very short period of time and it's only for people that have a very good relationship with food already and they already have all these good habits nailed down you know um, and it's definitely not for someone that is trying to be competitive in terms of in a sporting environment you know so i, I would definitely not be well, you may have to be, like if you're a powerlifter and you're like, whatever, you just noticed a week before your competition, you're, I don't know, three kilos over or something over your weight class. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to have to be a bit more aggressive with my diet this week. It's not not ideal or whatever, but I'm just going to have to, you know? So it may be a case where as a, in a sport, you may have to do a bit of a more aggressive diet, but for the average person, general population, unless you have a weight class to be in, like it's it's generally not for you. So what made you decide you wanted to be more aggressive in your diet this time around? And like, why did you not decide, like you knew you were going to Bali 12, 16 weeks ago. So what made you decide, I'm going to actually just be a bit more aggressive in my diet rather than taking a longer approach to it? Was it the position you were in in terms of your body fat already? the the hormonal environment you were already at was it the the frame of mind you were in the the busyness you had what what was it what was the deciding factor yeah i'm glad you asked because it actually reminded me of something i wanted to bring up as well you know my goal this time around with the diet was not to get as lean as i possibly can and this is a really important thing to talk about as well so i I was more so looking to go from maybe let's just say 15 to 17 percent body fat to 10 to 12 percent body fat so that was my goal this time. I'm still just getting to that kind of lower end of of the the double digit body fat percentage. Okay, the lower end of kind of that obesity range of <laughs> around that. <laughs> so we're just we're just going to that point, that lower end of the double digit body fat percentage. Whereas last summer, like I would say, probably getting closer, I'd say would to the eight percent at the end, like where we had. I say we because I think we were both quite lean, but where I had, you know, some definition in my glutes and like veins all over my abs and stuff like that wasn't the goal this time. And I think I'd like to put that out there as a disclaimer is that if you're trying to get that lean, like lean, lean, or even competition lean, like Jesus, don't do that aggressively. Like that's just, that's just silly. And that's asking for trouble. So I think the only way you should be looking to to diet really aggressively is if you have an achievable you know body fat percentage goal and it's not like ridiculously lean so i kind of looked at myself at the start and i was much lighter than my starting point for the last diet you know so i was probably around that kind of you know morbid obesity level of 15 to 17 (laughs) body fat (laughs) so no last year is yeah so i was around that point where you know I'm I'm happy looking like that. Like I I don't I don't mind myself with that body fat percentage, but I'm like, oh I'm gonna have a holidays, might as well tidy up, try to get to ten to twelve percent. That'd be a cool place to be because you know, at least see see some of my abs then and that's fine, that's cool. So that was the big decision maker for me was that I knew I wasn't that interested in getting like silly 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 lean this time like maybe i'll decide after my holiday oh do you know what let's push on for another few weeks like maybe i'll do that i don't know yet i haven't really planned it but for now it was like all right i can do that in five weeks that won't be a big deal and i also find that when i'm on placement and i'm really really busy 
it's very easy for me to adhere to a lower calorie diet anyway. So I essentially just started on like week two or week three of my placement and just decided to diet through from there. So the first week or week or two of my placement was kind of getting some habits together in terms of, all right, when am I going to have my meals? Like when am I going to cook my meals? That sort of stuff, setting myself up for, for success. And then for the next five weeks, I was like, all right, I'm going to push on now. Let's, let's get to work. And it was no problem because, you know, for me, it was like, all right, I have my breakfast at whatever time or even I, I I did a bit of intermittent fasting for the first few weeks but I was you know having my breakfast at whatever like 5 a.m and then have my next meal at lunchtime which is like half one so there's a massive gap between those meals and then I finish work have a little snack then go train and then have my last meal and I was like it just made for a convenient setup for an aggressive diet anyway so once I took that into context and was like all right this is going to make adherence somewhat easy and it's also I also don't have like so much weight to lose that it's unachievable that this is actually probably a good option for me this time around but still if i was trying to get to like ridiculously low levels of body fat like i would just be taking it slower like i think it is possible to do a very aggressive starting point like let's say i was trying to get to six percent body fat then what i would do from here is essentially like after next week I would go back up to maybe a 300 calorie deficit and then push on from there and just lose slower thereafter. I do think that's an option for people. Yeah, that is, that is certainly an option. Although again, you do have to have all those initial framework in in mind in terms of good diet setup, good relationship with food, all of that, all of that kind of jazz. Right. So we're in agreement. It's pretty much for nobody. um, Unless you are, (laughs) you have like whatever, two to three kilos, four kilos maybe to lose. And you're just kind of like, oh, like I know I could do this over a longer period of time, but it just kind of suits my lifestyle at the moment. It just kind of suits my goals. And um, I'm, I'm in a low stress environment. I, ha- I have the ability to kind of reduce training volume, like you're not training for a particular event or whatever it is. And um, you, ha- you have the ability to kind of manage your training volume. Perhaps, you know, it's a quieter time than work, so you're not going to feel the fatigue as much or anything like that. I know you did it while you were at a busy time in work, but um it's too easy yeah okay anyway um but yeah for most people it, it's not going to be a good thing to be in a very aggressive calorie deficit and realistically taking it a little bit slower is going to lead to better outcomes now gary we've just talked about you know binging because of an aggressive calorie diet um i suppose the next thing is what are you going to do once you get to bali like you're are you just going to spring it straight back up to maintenance calories? Are you just going to YOLO it? Are you just going to eat everything, bloat up to 100 kilos? Like, what, what's the goal? What's the, what, what's the plan of action? Because I know a lot of people will go on an aggressive calorie diet for a holiday, and I believe you've done this before, and then fuck the diet like. Yeah, I know. Realistically, I will probably stay in a slight deficit while I'm over there just because I'm going to be quite active anyway i'd imagine probably be quite active and i think the habitual food choices like based on my experience in thailand last year like i think it's pretty easy to stay in a little bit of a, a deficit because you know it's quite warm you're eating like pineapple and stuff and it's it's like you know a lot of the food choices are like it's it's not like it's not like your holiday where you just go and eat loads of burgers and stuff because you're active it's warm etc so like for me i'd like to kind of stay in a in a a calorie deficit while i'm there but a less a far more subtle one and you know that's because i'm going away for four weeks like we're doing loads of traveling and i'm still going to be you know doing my bit of work and maybe doing a a little bit of training here and there whereas like it's not like a drinking holiday it's not like an eating holiday so we don't have all that stuff planned so maybe stay slight calorie deficit or maintenance but you know i won't be sweating it by any by any means but i will still be somewhat mindful of my food choices in that like i'm not just going to start ordering loads of pizza because i haven't had it in in however many weeks like i'm still going to be like making smart choices fair that's fair um so the majority of people are not going to do that Uh, (laughs) the majority of people are just going to aggressively diet and then say yeah i've done all the work go on holidays and do what you did before in terms of you suffered on the diet you got the results though like you you suffered through like you were lean you got you got into a good position and then what most people do is if they're on an all-inclusive holiday or whatever they'll see that breakfast buffet the first day and be like that 12 weeks of dieting that i just did fuck that and that breakfast buffet i'm having all i can eat pancakes whatever they were restricted on you know loading up on the fucking 
bacon, ev- like everything, eggs, whatever's going, they'll have it, you know. And that's just the first meal that they have over there. Then lunch comes around and, you know, they've been lazing by the pool all day. They felt quite bloated, but, you know, they maybe actually, you know, maybe restocked a little bit of glycogen. So they're actually looking, they're actually looking decent enough after that because they're they're feeling a little bit fuller maybe the bloating hasn't really kicked in because you know it it wasn't a huge meal well it was a huge meal from what they're used to but it wasn't so huge and it wasn't so different that it caused any like actual gastrointestinal distress but then and they're actually looking quite quite well we'll say and then lunch hits around they maybe don't have too much because it's quite warm but then dinner comes around and it's you know the biggest pizza they can find it's ice cream for afters maybe a few pints as well then and they wake up the next morning and they feel like shit they look about fucking 30 months pregnant let alone nine months pregnant um and they, they just feel awful because that's what most people will do and then it, so you get this kind of like binge restrict cycle on your holidays when you're not supposed to be like you're supposed to be enjoying it like you're supposed to be enjoying oh. the holiday because that's what you've worked towards this this two-week enjoyment, this week enjoyment, this four-day enjoyment, whatever the holiday period is, you know, that's what you work towards so you can enjoy that, feel confident there, you know, and then you have to start dieting. You have to be like, oh, look, I'm going to skip the, the breakfast buffet today because, you know, I feel bloated. I feel like shit. So we'll, we'll fucking, we're not going to go down that road again. So then you restrict the second day then you feel good the third day. So you blow it up again and then it's up and then and all over the place. And you're just, you just feel like a bag of water the whole time. And you just feel like shit the whole time. And it's like, why Like, why did you put yourself through, like you said, all that psychological, we'll say trauma. Like, obviously, it's not a huge trauma in terms of it's just dieting, but it is a psychological stressor, you know? And you put yourself through that all. And then you just fuck it all when you're actually over on holidays when you're supposed to be confident because you've just dieted for this long. You're supposed to be showcasing your best physique because that was the reason you dieted, you know? So, what, like... What are your thoughts on that, Gary, in terms of people doing that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, to be fair, because like, it's easy to kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's so stupid, you know, because it, but at the same time, a lot of people just completely lose control and aren't able to control it at all. Um, so I think in that case, you just have to be mindful of it in the, in the prep, you know. You, you shouldn't, if you think that you're someone that's going to go on holiday and completely fuck it, then don't make it worse by aggressively dieting leading up to your holiday. Like it's just a poor approach. And I posted about this a few weeks ago where if I thought I was that person where I don't have good dietary adherence, especially when on holidays, I would diet up until one to two weeks before my holiday and then I would eat at maintenance so that I don't have those quote-unquote side effects going into the actual holiday where I'm going to just treat it as a YOLO thing. So you'll have, you'll have somewhat kind of acclimatized eating a bit more already you'll be at maintenance and hopefully you can then maintain that, you know, and, and that takes a while to get to, you know, I remember I was just speaking to one of my clients who had been coaching for about a year and a half and he was after going away to, to Thailand and he was after going away to New York. Like he was on a few trips already this year and he maintained his way throughout all of them. And for him, like that was huge because it was something that he had struggled with for so long. Whereas where every time he'd go on holidays, he would just completely lose the run of himself. Whereas what we'd kind of done in the lead up was, we like when he first came on board he was a real kind of ifym guy he had quite poor dietary adherence like we just got him to the point where he actually enjoyed eating healthy foods like that was something he was looking to actually do it was something he enjoyed because he was able to appreciate the benefit of it and leading up to his holiday and stuff like he actually just got comfortable at a slightly higher body fat percentage that he wouldn't have been comfortable at before and i think that's important for some people too especially if you're prone to kind of just binging that like there's no point getting much leaner than you can sustain just so you binge back above it and then deal with all the psychological repercussions again. So realize what you can tolerate um, like, and plan your, plan your diet accordingly. Like if, if, you, if you know you want to be like confident at this, at this body weight or whatever, it's like, cool, get there two weeks before your holiday, then maintain it and then go away and enjoy yourself. Don't diet down so that you're starving the day before you head away. And then as soon as you get on the Ryanair flight, you're like, oh yeah, could I get two uh, cheese toasties? And could I get like five Kit Kats? And because you're on holidays, you know, it's like YOLO. Because it's just going to make the overall experience far less enjoyable for yourself. Never a truer word spoken, Gary. Right, so that actually covers quite a lot. We're at the hour mark, but there's one final thing right um you've dieted aggressively you've 
not fucked it on holiday. You've listened to us. You've gone, okay, look, I'm going to maybe try to stay somewhere around maintenance. Maybe I'm not, you know, tracking calories religiously, but I'm keeping an awareness to it while I'm on holidays. Like, yeah, I am enjoying that meal out or whatever, but I'm not looking at that buffet and going like, oh, this is an all-you-can-eat buffet. You know, I'm somewhat mindful of my calories, right? I'm somewhat mindful of getting enough protein in. And maybe, like you said, you're going to do some training sessions every now and again, but the, the holiday overall is quite active. Where do we go once we come back from holidays? Because that's the final piece of the puzzle. And this is where a lot of people fuck it up, especially if they have been aggressively dieting, you know? So when, when generally when I have clients that are going on holiday, uh, especially if the holiday is the, the end goal in and of itself, like they're like, oh yeah, I want to be shredded for this holiday. That's, that's the goal, right? Generally what I will do is try to keep them somewhere around maintenance for the actual holiday right so we've we've slowly dieted to the holiday and then for the holiday we're trying to get somewhere around maintenance you know some days maybe a little bit higher some days maybe a bit lower you know just based on the fact that you're moving around about a lot more and you know maybe you don't eat a huge lunch maybe you skip lunch one of the days because you know you're on i don't know a ferry ride or something i don't know right so when you get back You've been eating roughly in and around maintenance, but due to eating different foods, you know, different stressors, you're maybe carrying a little bit of water weight. Generally, what I do is the week they come back from the holiday, I will have them on the calories and macros that they left on, right? And it's generally just for that week. And it serves two kinds of things. First of all, it gets them back into the kind of not dieting mindset, but the good eating habits mindset. You know, they have to go back to preparing their own food rather than eating out three times a day or whatever it is. So they have to go back to preparing their own food. They have to go back to tracking and just getting them back into that mind frame of, you know, okay, I actually want to be a little bit more adherent, a little less loose, shall we say, with my overall calories and, you know, food choices, etc. It just gets them back into a good frame of mind, a good dieting protocol. And then secondly, it serves to you know, drop a little bit of water weight or extra fat even that they may have accumulated on the holiday, you know. But generally, I'll only keep them there for a week. And then after that, we'll go back to maintenance or depending on their goal. Like if they have another holiday coming up in three, four weeks, you know, it's like, okay, well, we'll see where we're at body fat wise. Maybe it is. We just need to maintain till there. But we obviously play that by ear in terms of their long-term goals. What are your thoughts on that as a strategy in terms of, having that calorie week or having that calorie level that week they come back as something around the same deficit they were in previously. Now, obviously, this will change in a second when we discuss that in terms of what you do if you've been aggressively dieting. But generally, if you've, you've done the, the triage approach and you've, you've gone slower dieting, would you agree with that approach? Yeah, I agree because like, like you said, it has the effect of getting all the habits back in place and stuff. But, you know, it's also a case of, like if you've gone away for a week and you've overeaten, it's like you haven't actually gained that much body fat. Like and I think that's a nice way of, of showing people that because once you get back on track with your calories and stuff, realistically, you'll drop water weight and you'll feel like yourself again within three or four days. Like while you've been traveling and stuff, you've been flying, you've been maybe dehydrated for a while, you've been, you know, have, having airplane food and airport food and you're just holding far more water than you normally would be along with the fact that you've overeaten a bit and getting back into those good habits again, dropping off a little bit of water weight, you know, getting some good food in your system again can make you feel like, oh, you know what? I am that health, healthy, fit person that I was before I went on holidays. And then from there, what I would be doing is trying to set some performance goals, okay? Because that's one of the most difficult things for people who've just finished a diet is that they feel they have no direction. So you can use that week to get back into the gym and then start your new program with the with some performance goals in mind whether that is add 10 kilos to your squat take five minutes off your 10k time like whatever it is set some performance goals so that you have something beyond just your body composition that you can now aim for so that it's okay for you to stay at your maintenance or slightly above because you've got something to work towards and you've got something else to give you that sort of reward for your efforts as opposed to just your body composition because that's one of the more difficult things for people coming out of a dieting phase too true gary so I think that sets people up both to understand that aggressive dieting is generally not a good idea. And even though, Gary, you are engaging in a slightly more aggressive diet at the moment 
for the majority of people, it's just not a good idea. There is a small subsection. There's a small subsection of people that potentially it is a valid method for. However, for the vast majority of people, it's just not the way to go. And a slower approach is a better approach. Do you have any final words on that, Gary? Any thoughts on that? Um, do, 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 do. Final thoughts, I think. I'm going to do the thing I, you, you say I always do. Let me think. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. You, you think, I, I you think you're a professor oh, no, in a college somewhere. You're like, oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, just, just, just let me close on the whole muscle loss thing because i think that's important and we actually we never covered it um a lot of people kind of shit the bed about aggressive dieting and they think that their muscle is just going to completely fall off if they're any more than like a 50 calorie deficit and you know it's something you don't have to be too worried about over a short period of time unless you adopt the mindset that you're going to lose all your strength in your diet and as a result you put no effort into your training and you completely change it like i think that's one of the main things that people get wrong with aggressive dieting is they start trying to train way more, they change their training, they do all these drop sets, supersets, really high rep sets that they've never done before instead of just trying to maintain their strength and or get stronger. Like you can get stronger in a deficit and you can get stronger in an aggressive deficit. And there are even studies, you know, to show that people in a 40% calorie deficit can still gain muscle. Like granted they're beginners, but still it just goes to show you that mechanistically, it's not necessarily being in a calorie deficit that just takes muscle off people immediately. So you do have to just remember that and not be so afraid that you're going to fall to pieces if you diet aggressively. Like, yeah, you will feel smaller because you've got less glycogen, less water, less food in your system, and that's completely normal part of the process. So uh, it's just an important message to get out to people that do already have a good, good level of muscle that are more towards the advanced stage because it is typically you that's going that the aggressive dieting approach is going to be appropriate for and it is something that people are quite afraid of and with that as well just remember that a higher protein intake is probably going to be a useful idea when it comes to being on an aggressive diet because it is going to be more satiating and it is going to help that muscle to kind of stick around and we always say you know that two to three gram per kilo is a very like loose range that we like to use and like i'd definitely be looking for at least two and a half grams per kilo if you are in a very aggressive calorie deficit um, it's likely to help you keep a little bit more muscle around especially if you're a bit leaner and it's going to make the process easier in terms of adherence through that lens of you know being more satiating nutrient in general um, so yeah that would be the only thing i'd add and just make sure that if you are if you think you are appropriate for this then adopt it with the intent to eat a nutrient dense diet okay because it is much more difficult to get in all of your needs when you are on a very low calorie diet so don't be don't don't be a spud and also the final caveat um for females you can definitely put forward the argument that it's not as 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 much of a useful approach we should have mentioned that earlier but the aggressive dieting approach is probably not going to be quite as useful for you just because females tend to be a little bit more sensitive to lower calories and tend to adapt a little bit quicker as well so you know for for women it's probably just a better option to just take it a bit slower and don't be going on these ridiculous calorie deficits and with that in mind like a lot of the time what we see when people come to us is that females are starting on like a thousand to fourteen hundred calories and like the average maintenance that we tend to see is probably closer to like 1800 or above like 2000 and, and even higher sometimes. So what you have to realize is that a lot of people are doing this aggressive dieting without even realizing it, especially females. So they're putting themselves in this position, not realizing that they're doing it. And that's just something that you need to keep in mind as well. So if you do know what your maintenance is, like consider where that lies in relation to a percentage, because a lot of women are just working off of male calorie deficits in that, you know, people say, oh, go on a 500 calorie deficit. And it's like for a female whose maintenance might be, let's just say you're very sedentary and very small. Let's say your maintenance is 1500 calories and you go on a 500 calorie deficit. You're now eating a thousand calories and you're eating a 33%, you know, calorie deficit. And like that is in our books considered to be very aggressive you know so it is just something to keep in mind and remember that it's not necessarily the same for everyone and it's more important to think in terms of percentages as opposed to absolute well, first numbers. of all we just have to address that we've actually discussed this in a podcast before on 
females. And in that podcast, I believe we uh, discussed we you actually being a misogynist um, and a sexist. So, so I don't think anyone can actually honestly listen to your advice. Anyway, I have nothing further to add, Gary. <laughs> I think that comprehensively covers a lot of what we set out to cover. Um, but yeah, if everybody could, first of all, you know, leave a review on the podcast. I don't care if you hate it. I don't care if you love it. Give it one star. Give it five stars. But if you do give it any stars, leave a comment. Let us know what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy. Like, if you, if you genuinely hate this, you've listened to the whole thing, and you're like, man, that was fucking shit. I hate Gary's voice. I hate the, the look of him. You know, you can't see him. But whatever it is, you're just like, I hate that. Like, I actually just want to know. I want the feedback. I want to know what you're saying about it. You know, like, how can we, like, our job here is to, help educate you get you good information not have us you know a nice pat on our back like that. i couldn't care less like no no offense like the majority of you i'm never going to see you like I, I may never see you so your opinion matters to me insofar as i want to actually give you content that you actually enjoy and i can actually use like i don't care like my feelings aren't going to be hurt gary's feelings aren't going to be hurt if you say this is a shit podcast <laughs> your fucking audio quality is shit like, I want to know what you think, guys, you know? So do review it. Give it five stars, one star, whatever. I don't care. Leave a comment, though, because that really does help. Uh, well, first of all, get our visual, visuality, visuality, whatever the fuck the word is. I can't even speak. Um, visibility uh, up. Um, and obviously, it helps us, you know, make the content more tailored to what you actually want to see. But on that point as well, if you guys could tell us whether you want more audio clips in this as well, you know, there'd probably be something in that range of 10 to 20 minutes, maybe even, maybe even as low as five minutes. I don't know if it's really good, maybe, but you know, a 10 to 20 minute kind of clip on the discussion of a topic. Maybe, you know, we, we have it on YouTube or we have it planned for YouTube or whatever it is. And it's a good topic. It's a good discussion piece. But maybe you don't watch YouTube because, you know, not a lot of people have the time to sit there for half an hour and watch a video, but you're commuting every day. So you do have the time to listen to a podcast and listen to that audio clip during that time, you know. So if that is you and you're like, yeah, actually, I would love that. Drop us a message somewhere like we'll see it. We, we monitor them all. Just drop us a message. Give us a yay or a nay. Give us your thoughts. That's all that really matters. Do you have any final words, Gary? No final words. Uh, hope you all have a great... Actually, whoa, 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 whoa. We do have final... You do have final words. I believe people can still give money towards the Burn Chernobyl project. That's true. Yes, you can, you can, do, you can make a donation for the Burn Chernobyl project up until I go on July 15th. And I think like we might do some other sort of fundraiser via triage once I'm back from from Bali, some, something to raise a little bit more money, which would be helpful. But in the meantime, if you just, I don't know, maybe you found a tenor in the shop and you're like, oh, I'd like to give this to something worthwhile, give it to the Burn Chernobyl Project. Um, the link is in my bio on Instagram. And yeah, do that. It, it'd be good for your soul. Right. Well, I have nothing further to add. And um, so XOXO, peace out, guys. Peace. Love y'all.